In the late 80s and the early 90s, there was nothing bigger than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Those four turtles who were named after Renaissance painters, they were everywhere. They were on cartoons. They were at the movie theaters. If you went to the bathroom, well, guess what? There they were in a form of a shampoo or toothpaste or toothbrush. You name it, their name was on it. And then one day an executive had an idea, had an epiphany. He thought, let's take these turtles on the road. Let's slap some shitty music on them. We'll send them on tour. The parents and the kids will eat this up. And in August of 1990, they launched one of the greatest tours mankind has ever seen. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live on stage at Radio City Music Hall. It's a totally rocket dance and musical adventure. Come help the gang of green triumph over evil. Boodacious! September 26th through October 7th at Radio City Music Hall. Get your tickets now because you can't help out if you're not there, dudes. Brought to you by Pizza Hut. My mom took me to go see this show on January 22nd, 1991. And the reason I know that exact date is because the ticket stub is actually framed on my wall as we speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm the fucking coolest person you're ever going to meet, right? Not. Now, when the concert tour was going on, I guess, there was a double VHS released. Yeah, double VHS. This wasn't fucking Titanic. This actually had two VHS tapes. One of them was the actual concert itself, the full show. The other one was what we're about to talk about today. The making of. The making of documentary really does its best job of suspending belief. Everyone who's interviewed on there talks about the turtles as if they're a real life walking, talking thing that you just see every day. And you're supposed to not freak out. You know, uh, kind of reminds you of uh, everybody on WandaVision, where they're forced to be there, but you just feel like someone is going to break character and cry out for help. That's what I feel like anytime I watch this thing. Some of the things that are said on here are really far-fetched. We get a record executive say that not since Aerosmith and ACDC has he seen a band this big. Or we get some balding loser from MCA Records, actually the vice president of MCA, say that when he tells Madonna about this, she's going to be floored and she's going to need therapy. And that he wouldn't be surprised if the Turtles won a Grammy or an American Music Award. Totally blew me away. Madonna will go into therapy when she sees this video. It's going to drive her crazy. You know, you don't know what to expect on any group in any video. I hate to use the word cowabunga, but it's as if they went out of the, their shells, out of the sewers, right into the camera. The energy, the feeling, it, it was unbelievable. I think this group and this album's going to be around for a long time, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win a Grammy Award or American Music Awards. It's not going to surprise me at all. One celebrity who wasn't mentioned in this, nor was she shown, was Oprah Winfrey. Now, on one of her, uh, her shows, she did an episode dedicated to this tour. And there was a series of questions asked, and once again, they were making you believe that the turtles were real. And she had a weird question. Well, you know what? You guys can just hear it for yourself. Guys, let me ask you this. Do you sometimes wish that April was a turtle? Whoa, Whoa definitely. Oh, conceptually, that works for me. You know, I'm 
<laughs> Where you going? Oprah. Man, I cracked myself up. <laughs> Oprah, I've been trying to talk her into an interspecies relationship for months now. Whoa, whoa, rap. Wait, Chill, man. And she won't do it. She huh? can't no, hold her breath no, long. she can't do it. The biggest problem is she can't hold her breath long enough, you know? <laughs> the level of shit we got away with in the 90s. It was unreal. It was amazing. What a great time to grow up in. You know, we didn't have social media back then ruining people's lives. You didn't get in trouble for shit you said when you were five. Who cared at that point in time, right? Well, obviously Oprah didn't because she asked that weird-ass question, which turned into like a bestiality sort of answer. Interspecies erotica, fucko. Speaking of strange, let's get to the costume, shall we? Now, anytime you look at the uh, pictures from this tour, you're just thinking to yourself, what the hell were they thinking? Who paid money for this? Who who thought, you know what, let's green light this. These look fucking amazing. Well, first of all, you got Splinter, who looks like a coked out gerbil. I don't know what was up with him. He just always looked wired. I felt like at some point the camera was going to pan over and you were going to catch him sucking dick for another hit. And then we have Shredder. Now, from the, from the neck down, the costume was very passable. But once you got to the helmet, I just felt like they just set to hell with this and let's just finish this up. His mask or helmet looked nothing like the movies. Not even close. They look like those Mexico knockoffs that you get at the flea market. Apparently, they, they decided to move his, uh, his mouthpiece down to under his chin to now he looks like a samurai with a bib. And then they drew eyebrows on him. I don't know what was worse. The eyebrows or the fact that they gave him eyeshadow. Now, the turtles themselves weren't necessarily uh, easy on the eyes, if you want to say that. Uh, a lot of times throughout this whole documentary, you didn't know who was who because Leonardo and Donatello had the same bluish-purple mask, and Raphael and Michelangelo, had their mask was like an orangish-red. So it may have just been my eyes not being able to adjust to the VHS quality. The animatronics on this are just atrocious. It's something that has to be seen to be believed. The mouths would stay open throughout the whole documentary and the, the whole bunch of words would have came out, which none of it made sense. They must have been very good ventriloquists. But the puppeteers fucking sucked. I felt like they were the same people who were behind the Chuck E. Cheese band who sang you happy birthday that, you, that would just creep you out because their eyes were just moving every which way. Now, there were some redeeming qualities. There really weren't much but there was a couple, like Splinter and Leo, were voiced by the same actors that were in the cartoon. That's kind of cool, right? Well, here's some stuff that I never knew until recently. Michelangelo was voiced by David Shatra. If you don't know who he is, but you follow the Cobra Kai show on Netflix, chances are you've seen him quite a bit. He plays Tom Cole, and he is the uh, owner of the rival dealership for LaRusso Auto. Now, if I had to nitpick a scene to where you're going to be like, oh, that guy, I would say that he's the guy who had that shitty bubble tea that everybody likes kicked out of his hands. That guy, that asshole, was responsible for saying this. Yo! Right. Straight up, dudes! Hey, we've had a great time so far, and we know you're all going to love the show! We love you! Thank you, Michelangelo, man. Hey, dude, chill out. I'm totally cool. 
bugging. That One fact that blew my mind was finding out who was in Donatello's costume. Who had those dance moves? Who had a little pep in his step, right? Well, when I read this, I couldn't believe it. But Donatello was actually played by the biker from the village people. I'm not making this shit up. It's there. Um, it makes a lot of sense, too, in a weird way. But I, it's just now I'm going to look at that and think of the fucking YMCA. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that all the songs sucked. A lot of them were catchy. Count on Us, Coming Out of Our Shells, Tubin had that rap verse, which came out of nowhere. And then you had shit, like April's Ballad, which you can fast forward through. Or Skipping Stones, which I don't even know why they had Splinter sing, but that was just garbage as well, too. But one song will always stand the test of time in my house, and that's going to be Pizza Power. That song will get me just about as hyped up as the Mortal Kombat movie theme. The Turtles played Pizza Power on top of Radio City Music Hall in one scene. Now, if you look out in the crowd, you can see a sea of people. And that shows you how big these damn things were at that time. New York even changed a couple street names to Cowabunga Corner and Bodacious Boulevard. It's just so strange seeing all that happen. And then you get these assholes in the video who are just walking along, minding their own business. And you can tell that they were probably embarrassed to even be filmed. One thing that I wish was included in this whole thing was a clip of Shredder roasting the kids in the crowd. Yeah, that's right. He roasted the kids in the crowd with some savage ass jokes. Jokes that if they were done today, the kids would have probably cried. They would have needed a safe space. They would have had therapy. The mothers would have made some kind of hashtag for these fucking idiots. But to see that during the 90s was awesome. Listen for yourself. Is that your mom? How would you like a one-way ticket to my technodrome? What's your name? Huh? Peter. Peter? Is that your sister? Friend? Cousin. Cousin? What's the matter? Couldn't get a date? In 1992, the Turtles had a second tour. Now, nobody ever talks about this damn thing. You can actually watch it on YouTube. Uh, all you have to do is type in TMNT, getting down in your town. That's exactly what it was called. And at that point in time, you can tell that the Turtles' popularity and fame were diminishing as they were playing small festivals in Six Flags theme parks. The worst part of the 1992 tour wasn't the shitty new songs. And it wasn't the fact that they were playing smaller venues. It was the level of disrespect that they gave Casey Jones. I'd really like to know what the casting requirements were for this character. Because, Jesus Christ, he was just some out of shape guy with a wife beater. The longest armpit hair I've ever seen in my life. And a shitty goalie mask. And that wasn't the same cool mask that you saw in the first movie. It was more so along the lines of the mask that he wore in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Let's not forget the fact that he sounded like Joe Pesci getting his nuts crushed. And you know what? I'll let you guys judge for yourself. Casey, how about uh, sharpening my sword? What, is your arms broken or something? Stay right to Woo! Yo, Casey, dude, how about ordering a pizza? Yeah, who died and made you, boss? Hey, wait, did you say totally, pizza? Totally, dude. Happening. You buying? Psych! <laughs> 
People love to bash this tour. I just did right now. But you know what? I'm not going to sit here and lie to myself. I love this damn thing. I have memorabilia from it. I will look back at this from time to time and with fond memories. But to sit and suggest that it is worse than Next Mutation, you're out of your mind. I feel like there are so many closeted tour fans out there that it's ridiculous. And to prove my point, let's look back last year when NECA, the company who creates anything pop culture and turns it into a figure, released a tour set for this actual concert itself, right? They had the outfits, they had everything, and they were all sold out. Anywhere you went, the shit was sold out. And then you had scalpers going online, tripling the price, and then adding that stupid surcharge that only these morons would pay. And that surcharge is, oh, I'm tacking on 20 extra dollars for my time. Bitch, nobody told you to go out there in the first place and do that. So why are you tacking on a surcharge that nobody asked for? Boy, this party really died. Yeah, this party really did die. And this episode took a turn for its worst. But I'm going to offer you a little bit of advice. If you enjoy something and nobody else likes it, who cares? Enjoy it. Like it. Be proud of it. Come out with it and tell everybody, I like this and I don't care what you think. You'll be happier in the end. Let me give you a ridiculous example. I play this concert at home. I will play the making of, you know, like I said earlier, and I will play the concert right after that. And I, it puts a smile on my face and it, it just, you know, gives, brings me back to a greater time. But I'm the only one smiling because my two kids are terrified of the fucking costumes. They run out and they go to their room. My wife just looks at me in disgust, gets up and walks out. And you know why I'm happy? Because it's a moment of silence that I don't get all day long. So don't forget to follow me on at slash underscore vision underscore TV on Instagram. Like, subscribe on any platform that you can hear. I'd really appreciate it. If you have any feedback, don't forget to message me on Instagram. And until next time. definitely happening musically.